You are listening to the Chronically Alive and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Irene. In the last episode of the last season, I shared that I would be weaving narrated stories through season two from chronically imperfect humans that I believe embody goodness and grit. Today, you'll hear from me. And though I don't always embody goodness and grit, it's a goal I do aim for. In today's episode, I share a peek into my past, the road that's led me to here, the Cliff Notes version at least. This is Musings of an Almost 40-Year-Old. I'm about to step into a decade that was my dad's last. When I was 11 and he was 40, my dad contracted viral encephalitis due to being bit by an insect that was carrying it. It ravaged his body immensely. His heart and brain took the brunt of the impact, and that caused a domino effect of other health challenges over the next 10 years. His medical team explained to us that in these types of situations, patients would often suffer from short-term memory loss. We quickly found out that there was nothing short-term about it. He didn't remember us, not me, not my siblings, not my mom, and certainly not anyone else. My dad had forgotten who everyone was, including himself. Oh yeah, and while my father lay in a bed at the hospital fighting for a life that he couldn't even remember, my mom was in a hospital room giving birth to twin boys. And my father's mother, she was in another hospital room and would eventually pass away a month later. To say it was traumatic for all of us, would be a huge understatement. A majority of my father's memories never came back. He basically had to relearn who we all were almost every day for years until it finally stuck. And there would still be days every now and then where he'd forget things. For years, I didn't trust or respect this man. But in time, he became not only my daddy again, but also a dear friend. Fast forward 10 years. I was 20 and my dad was 48. He suffered a stroke. A stroke because of diabetes and a weakened heart due to inflammation of the brain from a tiny, stupid insect bite 10 years prior. My little sister found him laying unconscious on the bathroom floor when she woke up in the morning. He was rushed by ambulance to the hospital where he laid in a coma for about a month. 13 days after turning 49 years old, my dad passed away. In that 10-year span of my father being chronically ill until he passed away, a whole lot of things happened, but I'll save that for perhaps another episode. But in that 10-year span, my mom had to get a job working second shift to help provide for us since my dad was no longer able to work very much. Additionally, she also ran a daycare out of our house while also homeschooling us during the day. All of it was really rough for all of us. And we each have a different perspective of it because we each lived it differently. If it wasn't for the village that my mom had railing her and us, I'm not sure where she'd be right now, where any of us would be. As for me... I went from being a kid to a full-blown adult in what seemed like overnight. I was babysitting, cooking, cleaning, homework helper, a therapist, a cheerleader. Whatever needed to be done, I was there 
getting it done. And this is a thank you. If it wasn't for my siblings, let me back up. People either think it's weird or cool that my siblings and I are so close. When you go through a certain kind of hell together that no one else could ever understand, strong bonds are formed. And I've always been determined to make sure that those bonds are never broken. Of course, we get in our tiffs and annoy the crap out of each other, but good luck to you if you ever do one of us wrong. But yeah, if it wasn't for my siblings, three of my amazing friends, and one of my aunts, I can tell you for a fact that I wouldn't still be here. They walk through all of this with me. Their friendships were my sanity and my safe place. I will always be thankful for what they were to me then and what they are to me now. Fast forward 15 years. I was finally getting answers to my own health challenges that I'd been dealing with for years. I was 35 and just learning that at some point in my life I had contracted Lyme disease and several other co-infections due to being bit by an insect, which was most likely a tick that was carrying it. And if caught early, Lyme is treatable and most recover. But because I went years without a diagnosis and treatment, the Lyme ravaged my body immensely. My brain took the brunt of the impact and caused a domino effect of other health challenges over the years. This is a journal entry from around that time. January, 2017. So here I am, at the age of 35, sitting in a chair, listening to one of my doctors tell me I need to be tested for Lyme. My mind suddenly is flooded with a weird sensation. I'm sitting here thinking about the irony of it all. The only thing I really know about Lyme disease is that you get it from being bit by an insect. A tick, usually. And I'm thinking, is this really happening? An insect bite? Really? Are you kidding me? I feel like I'm about to have a panic attack. Breathe, Christina. Breathe. I've been having difficulty remembering things along with a zillion other symptoms, but I can't seem to remember them now that I'm sitting here. My body's been failing me for some time now. Oh my gosh, everything is now moving in slow motion. In this moment, I'm so badly wishing I could talk to the one person that I needed the most right now. The one person that would be able to understand. And I can't. And it's killing me. When I look back to that journal entry and think about all those years in the past, my dad's character throughout those years living with chronic illness were remarkable. I didn't know it then, but he was setting a beautiful example for me on how to live with chronic illness 25 years later. I'm so glad I had paid attention back then. I had always wanted to understand what he was going through, what my mom and siblings were going through, how they were experiencing it because I knew it was different from me. So I paid attention. I noticed every single detail that I could. I paid attention to their responses and their reactions, studying it, recording it, and going over it in my head. Because of that, I learned a lot about who each of them were as people. I learned a lot about myself and how I wanted to live life and how I didn't want to live life. I can't remember much or who I was before 11 years old, but I can tell you after that, life's been really, really hard with unrelenting turbulence. My father was a great and wonderful man. 
but he was undoubtedly flawed and deeply saddened at his core. On many occasions, he would get vulnerable and share that sadness with me because I guess I had proved to be a safe place for him. Some ways I was honored and in other ways I was really angry because from 13 years old and on, I was being entrusted with my father's emotional state and that just wasn't fair. But then again, none of it was for any of us. I can remember thinking, gosh, I wish he could forgive himself. None of this is even his fault. I was so sad he had too much pride to seek professional help to work through whatever it is he was going through. And I was always sad that he never saw himself the way we all saw him. Because even at his death, he struggled to experience joy and happiness and to love himself. (laughs) I can remember my aunt telling me on my 29th birthday that I should look forward to my 30s because they would be my best years yet. So at 35, when I sat at my doctor's office and my suspected Lyme diagnosis was confirmed, and oh yeah, a shit ton of other things that had been slowly killing me, I loudly whispered profanities to my aunt in my head. (laughs) And you know what? I started my 30th year with a divorce. And realizing I had a heart and soul that had years of trauma that needed to be acknowledged and addressed. I had lost a lot of people that I thought were my friends. And I lost a job that I semi-liked. In decades past, I had done a lot to deny the trauma that was in and around me. To ignore it cover it up, numb it with alcohol, pills, self-harm, an eating disorder, and a slew of other things. But my 30s, I wanted something different. 30s was the decade that I faced it. I leaned into it, felt it, and began healing it. There was a lot. It was heavy and messy. But oh my Atlanta, did it free me. And it was with a lot of help from Jesus. I cannot deny the way he showed up in my life time and time again, helping me through it all. If I were to go back and tell 29-year-old Christina anything, it would be, Darling, this decade is going to break you like you've never been broken. You're going to lose a lot of people you love. Some to heaven, others to life. It's going to cut you deeper than you've ever been cut. Grief will dismantle you over and over again with every heartbreaking blow. Guilt will strangle you. Fear will halt you. You will feel more alone than you've ever felt before. People will tear you down and walk away. They will shame, judge, and betray you. You will question your worth and everything that you are. You will be diagnosed with things you've never heard of and some things that you have. You will wrestle with your own guilt, shame, and despair and spend the entire painful decade working really hard to heal your mind, body, and soul. Oh, you've lived a lot of hard years, but this decade? Buckle up. But also, though this decade will be your hardest, there will be boundless beauty within it. You will learn that fragility is one of your strengths and no longer fear being broken. You will learn of your resilience, tenacity, and strength. You will see that you are a fierce force. Healing will begin to happen. You will learn to sever ties and implement boundaries, 
loving some people from a distance. You will rise up and finally meet you. You will finally feel seen, heard from yourself, and you will love that person. The girl you've always been, and perhaps the girl that everyone else would catch glimpses of, but you never could. Until now. And you're going to like this girl. A lot. And no, not in the vain sort of way, but in an, ah, there she is. I was born for this sort of way. It's as if something finally clicked, like an adjustment from the chiropractor or a symphony playing in perfect harmony. It's a unique rhythm solely tailored to you and your creator that no one else can see, hear, or feel. You will survive this. You will hurt tomorrow, but you will survive this. And then there's the place where 2020 and 2021 collide. The last year of your 30th decade and you're going out with a bang, girl. This last decade, it had a way of shining light into some personal, deeply rooted and unhealthy tendencies of yours in different ways. Recognizing and acknowledging those behaviors allowed you to begin dismantling your own layers of racism, prejudice, entitlement, privilege, and hatred that had unknowingly been growing in your heart and were keeping you from fully loving everyone, always, unconditionally. You became intolerant and began calling out those that were in positions of power who abuse their authority and take advantage of those they view as less than for their own gain or agenda. And once again, you will unfortunately be reminded that it takes sitting with something horrific and gut-wrenching for some time before you get fed up enough to actually do something about it. You believe that as humans, we all have a responsibility to make our world better than we found it and that we need to shut up, lean in, and listen. Actually, effing listen. Acknowledging the hurt, theirs and ours. Admit our part in it. Feel the pain and discord and then flip over tables. To do our parts with words and actions. We must fully marinate and digest the reality of the disunity and its causes in our own hearts which end up bleeding into our world if we're ever going to begin to be a small part of leaving it better than we found it. No one person is the answer to the world's healing, but we each play a part. You can't play a part in healing the world if you can't admit that you yourself are sick and in need of healing. 30. The decade that tried to break you, built you. <laughs> so here I stand at the cusp of 40, lingering in this transitional space just a bit longer, reflecting on the mistakes and lessons, the things I released and the things I gained. In these 39 years, I've learned that the only thing I could control was my response to my circumstances. I could wallow in my own pain and despair, have a pity party for myself. I could allow my anxiety, depression, and illnesses to take me down. And believe me, I've been there, done all that. It didn't go well. I choose every minute and every second of every day to make a conscious decision to decide what my response will be to everything and anything. I refuse to use any of my circumstances as an excuse for why I can't do or have things. I choose to take the excuses and turn them into fuel to propel me forward. And don't get me wrong, hear me. 
I am undoubtedly flawed and just as effed up as the next person. I'm always going to be a work in progress and will most likely be doing therapy and working towards healing for the rest of my life. I can absolutely guarantee that I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and need a lot of help. But whatever this next decade brings and whatever time I have left on this earth, I will do my best to live it with everything that I've got. I will do my best to love people the way I believe Jesus does, to continue calling out those that need to be called out, even when it's myself, to take steps to do better and be better, to do the big and scary things and never mediocre, to have tons of fun, laugh a lot, and enjoy this precious life I've been gifted to live. I'm going to lap it up and savor it every single second of it. Full throttle and 40, I feel like I'm just getting started. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. For the remainder of the season, you will hear more narrated stories from some amazing humans I get the privilege of knowing. And in addition, you'll continue hearing from people I interview that are on their chronic illness healing journey. If you're not already, connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Chronically Alive and Thriving and on Clubhouse at Christina Irene. If you want to take the extra step in supporting this pod, just take a minute to go subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. I'll meet you back here on Monday, Thrivers.